Wealth, I think, is not money or status. Wealth is having an asset earned while you sleep. Money is how you transfer time and wealth. Yeah, I don't attempt to play status games. I think I, I can know how to build. I'm trying to learn how to sell. And if I can do both, I think, you know, anybody that can do both is uh, going to be unstoppable. Well, GM, GM, everyone, and GM's you, Mites 032. It's great to have you on. Likewise. It's, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> GM. Of course. Um, I quickly want to touch on like what you do real quick, just to start the conversation off, and then we can dive okay. into more deeper stuff. Um, I'm, I'm 29. I work as a director of engineering in a uh, New York-based startup. Disclaimer, I, I don't live in the US or in New York, so... Uh, yeah, I manage a few teams. So, and unfortunately, I, you know, in my day-to-day job, I don't get time to code anymore. So, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, so that's why I'm kind of doing auditing six, seven hours a day, like before starting my actual job. So I wake up at three thirty to ten a.m. Oh, I'm an right. auditor, and from then on, I'm, uh, I'm doing, doing business as usual. Okay, right. So you're basically doing. Auditing when you wake up at three a.m. to seven. I mean to ten p.m. ten a.m. Sorry. Um, yeah, ten like, eleven, something like that. And that's like private audits, right? Um, and then after that, you're working like a day job, basically managing teams. Yeah, that's correct. Got you. I'm like, what are these teams like consist of? Is this like uh, auditing as well, like cybersecurity? I guess no, protocols or. Completely unrelated. Okay. We're building a product. We're building a product that's, uh, you know, helping document, uh, I mean, helping generate nice documents, like like nicely looking documents that are, oh. you know, used by businesses that sell a lot of services. Gotcha. So you, so uh, what do you, you know, you, you have plenty of sales departments in your, in your company and, you know, mm-hmm. they just want to, click some, you know, services, sell them quickly, prepare a quote for five minutes. So we, we build out software that actually does that. Right. Got you. Yeah. I've, that's like a complete, completely different field to what you're doing. So yeah, I guess, how did you really like start this path of becoming like a self-made auditor and building like a clientele? Uh, so I think, I have to go back a little bit more. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a heavy investor in crypto. Like 95% of my portfolio is crypto. Uh, you know, since 20, 2018, 2019, I pretty much made all my wealth from that. So I was looking at uh, Compound, you know, yeah, yeah. or not nine or 10 months ago, I didn't know about Compound. I think it was more like 11. So I was like, I mean... Compound dropped a lot. Is, is it still a, you know, a good project to invest in? Mm-hmm. And you know, at the bottom of their website, I saw like audits and I was like, what the heck? What's an audit? And just, you know, I just clicked. Yeah. I mean, just researching. Should I, should I bet my money on that? And then I saw like, I, 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 I didn't know anything about web tree security beforehand. No idea. Like literally yeah. nothing. So pretty much that's what, yeah, I mean, I just didn't know. So that's what introduced me to audits. Mm-hmm. 
And then I got introduced into security, which opened a completely new world for me. I mean, uh, I was just overwhelmed what's what's going on and mm-hmm. something that I didn't know about. And why, I mean, initially, why I found audits interesting? Because, I mean, that's that's probably the most interesting part of the story. I'm Obviously, I'm quite a quite a young manager, at least you know, especially the, you know what I work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in my previous job, I was an engineering manager where I was, you know, I had nobody to you know learn from. So, I was super, uh, you know, controlling. I I I, I was like, I want to review every single pull request that gets merged into Dev, for example. So I review. An enormous amount of pull requests, and I was not just like LGTM and approved. So I was like, oh my god! I mean, people are getting paid for what I was doing. You know, purging myself for a whole year, and you know, reviewing code was. I, I think it's reviewing code is to some extent like harder than actually building stuff because you have to yeah, assume what 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 the heck is that person thinking about what's what's what what the heck is going on here mm-hmm. so yeah that introduced me to security the rest about it is history I, you know to summarize so i don't run too much i just i just felt like exactly seven eight years ago when i you know when i started you know, when i was starting i would say like 10 years ago when i was starting as a dev you know, uh-huh. with, with with security was like exactly like ten years ago. I was thinking about it all day long. Uh, oh, right. Thinking about it before I go to sleep. I was super excited. Yeah, yeah. Where, as I said, I got into management quite early, so I just, I guess, I never gave up the you know the yeah. urge to contribute on my own. And obviously, you know, doing the most nice stuff when you're uh, you know in my position is not a not a possibility because I'm. I'm going to be the bottleneck. So I just, I, I started this like as a geek where, uh, you know, just to keep, to keep my itch at bay and, you know, just do some stuff on my own. That's so I don't build, uh, you know, the, my 150 uh, toy project to the side. Yeah. yeah. So gotcha. yeah, that, that's how I got into auditing. You said 10 years ago. So you started cybersecurity 10 years ago or? No, no. It's a dev. It's a dev. Okay. The dev. Right, right. No. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, how long ago did you get into like cybersecurity specifically? Um, so you were investing and then you found Compound um, and you're looking for the Compound docs basically. Yeah. Oh, so like a couple months ago? Is, what, is that what you said? 10 months ago, yeah. 10 months, yeah. Okay, right. Interesting. And then did you do like any sort of, um, what do you call them? Like damn vulnerable DeFi or any of those kind of like capture the flags or did you just go straight into okay, how do we exploit this? Yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy that's going to over prepare for everything. Like I'm going to prepare uh, a lot of resources. I have to learn that in and out, you know, so I've kind of overstudied the past, the last, the, the, the first few months, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good thing because I didn't know solidity. I, I've, you know, I've never touched solidity before that. I had to learn solidity. So I did, uh, you know, plenty of CDFs. I, I've read plenty of reports. Yeah. So I tried one contest, like in my first month. I, you know, I, I pretty much, I felt so overwhelmed, like, because I was like, oh my God, I need to find this, that, this and that. And I, I had a very, I, I did a very bad mistake where I was auditing after I finished my day-to-day work. 
so it, it was a complete drained. disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Got so you. around the third month, I changed my plan. I was like, okay, listen, I'm gonna wake up, audit whatever results I get. I mean, whatever, and then study if I have time after that. So yeah. that resulted into like I'm studying what I need on the spot, you know, instead of you know building encyclopedia knowledge. So yeah, yeah. I think that's incredibly important um, to touch on is whatever you want to do in life, whether it's like passion project or you're learning something, you've got to do what you want to be or be doing at the start of the day. Because when you wake up, um, that's when you're most fresh and that's kind of kind of like shaping your future self into what you're kind of bringing yourself into the life of what you want to be like. And if you were to do your passion project, like I guess what you were doing after work for a short period of time, you're going to be mentally drained and fatigued and you're going to have no sort of like mental willpower to go, you know, full force for it. Is that kind of like the same reasoning you were thinking of? Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so like after all that stuff in the morning, like all of your passion projects done, for example, you're doing seven hours, then you can go to work and, you know, just do your little slave away or whatever you, you know, you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But then like, you know, you, you have like your reserves and then when you get home, you can go to sleep and start it all over again. But I think yeah. that's, yeah, definitely incredibly important, important. And I think a lot of people should start doing that. I've recently started doing that as well. So I started doing like formal verification in the morning and then doing like my other work later in the day. I'm still just like dedicating the same amount of hours to each thing, but it's just the structure of it, I think, plays a massive impact, right? And I think like one thing a lot of people would find interesting is how did you really build your clientele up as a private auditor? Because I think it's quite difficult to do. Actually, I'm, it's it's interesting that you ask. Like I'm I'm writing the article that's uh, you know about to be published about you know, exactly about that. Oh right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I front ran. Uh, so I'm uh, yeah. Uh, no no worries. I'm I'm gonna go through it like as is. I have nothing to hide. Okay. So I think there are a few a few paths for an auditor, right? There is a traditional work for a firm path yep. where you just get paid for 40 hours a week, right? And then there is, uh, you know, the, the kind of sole auditor path who works for uh, Spearbit and NY Academy types where you get all the customers and you just, uh, you know, you don't, you don't care about securing customers, right, in that scenario. Then there's uh, the C4 Sherwalk types where you just participate in contests so you don't have to find customers too. Mm-hmm. And then the last two types, which are, uh, you know, you can do, you know, Spearbit, C4 or whatever, but you find customers for your own on your own too, which is hard. And then the Immunify yep. types who just, you know, could 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 probably not get a, a single cent for four months, but then get a one million <laughs> in the in the six months. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think securing customers and, and hitting a, a, a you know a huge bound is. I mean, obviously hitting a huge bound is very hard, but I think securing customers is not easier either. I'm not I'm not yeah. getting it on the same plate, but yeah. So I think the key is build up you know three points: build a brand, generate content build a portfolio and then you know that's that's it that's pretty much it so uh what i decided i want to 
I want to, I'm, I'm getting a very good paycheck, right? So yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sell my time for more, you know, fixed pay. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you don't get rich by renting all your time. You must own equity, a piece of business uh, or, mm-hmm, uh, you sure. know, something on your own to gain financial freedom or hit a 1 million bounty, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I decided I want to build a brand because that's where I'm going to build my own niche, right? A lot yep. of people are like, uh, that's, I mean, food is getting saturated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, if you have your own niche, this can get saturated. So my brand will be myself for identity in the, in the in the security space. That's how I felt about it. That's the reason people will approach me for work. And then that identity is shaped by the story the customers or my findings right. tell about my results. Right. Because when you audit the code base, you interpret it differently from the next person because you have different goals from, from your lens. Yeah, yeah. So to to you know go to the portfolio, uh, you know, under the one business, one person business philosophy, you contribute and, and in, in our space, you contribute by finding vulnerabilities. So you can, after that, show these to the, you know, to everybody. So there are several ways you can just aggregate all your findings in a, in a GitHub repo. Yep. You can, you know, publish all your private audits. You can get uh, first place on uh, Curta or, uh, you know, uh, Paradigm, CDF, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then content. I think I think content is very uh, underrated because I, I, I view content as like documenting my mind. I like to think about social media as public public note taking system where I jot down on like what I'm learning and how it applies to my work, mm-hmm. my thoughts and opinions on like you know skills and interests, and the lessons I learned through you know my work. Teaching others is often kept. It gets swept under the rug because smart contract security requires specific knowledge that is often highly technical or creative. It cannot be outsourced. Yes, it can be automated to some extent. I think you're doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's hard to automate assumptions, right? Because yeah. a lot of bugs are logical bugs, vulnerabilities like transparency or like the what is the latest Astaria vulnerability with the, with the proxy. Yeah, I, I think... I think that maybe could be catchable by a software after some point, but exploiting what the developer assumed at the time and what you know he actually built, I think that's hard to automate. So uh, building content, I mean, yeah. generating content about that is, I mean, it shows your expertise. That's why you're going to be approached because, yeah, I think no, because I mean that's 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 uh, that's obvious. So. Again, yeah. I, I try to, you know, to limit myself so I don't rumble too much, but and still be, you know, and still give you a, a you know, a sufficient yeah. answer. So yeah, yeah, for sure, it's very, very comprehensive. And I, I want to touch on two things. So I'm just gonna do the most recent. So the automation, I, I totally agree. It's incredibly hard to automate for business logic. So every protocol has their own little niches and unique kind of implementations, and it's so hard to just generalize that and find every single you basically have to write invariants basically and what an auditor's job is like a living i guess like the most sophisticated computer for invariant testing really it's comparing stuff with things you have in your mind and a computer can't really do that until i guess like ai gets you know incredibly sophisticated but i think until then we're good (laughs) 
And another thing I wanted to touch on was your brand. So I think as well, like making content is extremely underrated. People think that if you teach someone this highly technical thing, it's going to diminish returns in your field. People aren't going to approach you as much because there's more competition. But as a friend once said, Jay Trilly, you making that content gives you an edge in another kind of like area. So you're losing in one space, but not like detrimentally to your career where you're going to like lose a job basically. But you're gaining massively in another space, which is teaching people. And a lot of people love that. And it basically your brand lives on for a very long time until you basically ruin your reputation. But I think even then, if your content is great, people are still going to share it, still going to read it. When people are entering the space or coming from a different field, they're going to, you know, they're going to show people and it's going to boost you from that. And then also with your brand of building your reputation from just doing contests and audits and showing that, that's basically your resume, not, you know, some traditional resume of saying, oh, I have expertise in this. You're actually showing results and that's what people want. Um, without results, you know, who's going to hire you without, you know, proof of being able to do something. Um, and touching on that, I would like to ask, looking back at it, what do you wish you did differently to accelerate this process of kind of becoming an auditor and building this reputation of someone that a company can go to, to basically secure their, their, their content slash code. Yeah. Um, maybe the only thing that I would do different is get into contest earlier. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. If I have to be honest. Okay. Because uh, that was probably going to force me to realize I can't do this after work. I have to, you know, refine my schedule, try, right. uh, you know, and, and just, but I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't count that as a time lost because, I mean, I've learned a ton from it, which is not going to be applicable only to, you know, my security endeavors. It's going to be applicable to my life going forward. Yeah. I pretty much learned how to, how to manage stuff while having a full-time job, which is crazy. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the only, the only thing that I would change. <clears throat> and something that, I, that I'd like to, you know, touch on that, you, you know, just to reply to what you, what you know about uh, sharing uh, knowledge I think so building content about how you actually solve problems mm -hmm. forces you to apply what you learn. Exactly. Yeah. Right. This, uh, you know, you can iterate on that and get better with time. People will assume, you know, you know, that's easy, but you know, you're getting a huge edge in a being, being able to learn stuff, anything that you want. You can learn about yeah. meditation tomorrow if you want to. So that's, that's huge. And uh, a second thing that I, you know, I think it's not obvious for a lot of people, but like, I don't know, at least personally for me, I'd rather build a build an online brand presence, a one-man business, instead of building a huge firm or I don't have aspirations for like building a billion-dollar company. But yeah. having control of your wife without with your, you know, you know, audience and everything that you do is completely different thing by, you know, compared right. to, you know, just being good and you're prioritizing basically freedom over i guess materialistic money and building status all that stuff is that kind of on the right track or 
let me let me let me just think for a second. Yeah, yeah, I think <clears throat> I think the materialistic things are are gonna come with time, right? Mm-hmm. I I'd rather you know do what I love, like because I legitimately love what I'm doing. I I, I live and breathe about it. So I think I think that's you know that's what's making me rich right now. I'm I'm happy with everything that I do. I mean, no amount of money could could buy me that. And yeah. I you know it's it's different because people people think about money and wealth the same. They they just place them on the same level. Like wealth, I think, is not money or status. Wealth is having an asset that you know earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer how how we transfer time and wealth. Yeah, I just don't don't attempt to play status games and you know. I I think I I can know how to build. I'm trying to learn how to sell, and mm-hmm. if I can do both, I think. You know, anybody that can do both is uh, going to be unstoppable. That's that's pretty much it. For sure, yeah. I wonder if you ever did like when you did you ever like approach people for audits, or did they all really approach you? Like, did you ever like cold message someone on Twitter and be like, "Yo, do you need an audit? What's happening?" No. Or yeah, no, never, never. <laughs> okay, sweet. <laughs> the good I, old cold yeah. emailing tactic. No, I. I, I think that's uh <clears throat> it's not a sustainable approach. I mean it's it's maybe it's maybe it's sustainable. I don't know, but I just don't feel like doing it. So yeah, pretty much yeah, yeah. anything I get is like from my from my Twitter pretty Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I read that you actually forced yourself to learn common vulnerabilities. I guess relating to that, which ones have you seen most frequent most frequently? And if someone was trying to become an auditor, I feel like a lot of people focus on getting the critical bugs. Is that, I feel like that's not the right mindset, right? Um, what is your take on, on those? Yeah, amazing question. I mean, if you, I think I think the most subtle critical vulnerabilities, at least from what I read, because I don't have an immunify critical, Right, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, some critics and eyes on my um, coloring or my audits. But like a, a very interesting critical that I found was like it was I just cannot disclose the project, but it was about uh, so they had a custom token, right? And yeah. the token had a, a before before token transfer hook, right? It's I mean it's opens up and you can just override it. Mm-hmm. In the in the in the hook, there was a condition that the transfer cannot happen to the token address itself. So knowing that and that the protocol batched transactions, a lot of transactions, one transaction that is gonna transfer to the token itself was gonna, you know, brick all the other transactions. Yeah, yeah. And so usually that's uh I mean it's not a huge deal. I mean it's a it's a probably if it's if if it was not for the batching, probably in code arena, it's called this was this was going to be a, a, a QA like a wall a wall severity bug, mm-hmm. but combined with everything else, what's that's what it makes it critical. So I think the, I think I heard it in a in the office hours of Alex Alex the the judge from code arena yep. that you know the best criticals are like uh, you know walls or mediums where you twist the knife and you know just bump everything around into it. So. Yeah, I hope that's a sufficient answer. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
Um, and another thing I wanted to ask was, what is your kind of strategy? Do you use any like tools to help you audit? Or is it completely manual? Like, uh, I think his name was Chris, the number one order on C4. I pretty much do everything manual. Okay, right. So just line by line. I don't do line by line. I do like uh, flows, right? Okay. So for, for example, uh, I just see the... You know, for example, deposit money flow and it's going to generate some rewards. It's going to, yeah. you know, increase the quarter of the user, et cetera, et cetera. So I go through flows. Uh, that's, you know, better for me. I just can't, can't do kind of, can't do wine by wine. Just go through yeah, the yeah. contract. I, I do wine by wine, but at, the, but at the end, first I go through flows. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're basically building like each possible path that can be yeah. accessed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then you go line by line and you're like, okay, wait, there's actually yeah. something here. Yeah. I wonder, how do you approach, do you ever think about like external contract use as well? Or is it is your scope mainly towards just the one repo and contract in its own little world without, you know, the external contracts living on the EVM already? Oh, I mean, that's, uh, if somebody is not considering the external contracts, he's crazy. Um, uh, always, I mean, always, uh, if if the if the fool that I'm looking at has a external cause, I just consider it as part of the you know the whole flow. I just yeah. include it in my you know mental model, and uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you basically bring in that repo that it's interacting with, and you're like, okay, this is a part of it. Then I yeah. go through this and see if there's any special interactions. But there's also well, touching on. Um, the developers not considering uh, external contracts. A lot of the the critical vulnerabilities and hacks that happen are from you know flash loans, and you'd think that people would account for that kind of external interaction where someone's borrowing, you know, a whole bunch of tokens that the developers probably not you know even thinking about as a possibility, and then they're going through a pool or vault something like that and just doing like an exploit like that. So I don't know, man, like. People don't think of it. There's a lot of external contracts out there. And I think like Aave, Flash Loans is a big one. And Oracle manipulation that people overlook a lot. How would you even like prevent prevent that for devs? Like they should be thinking of this, right? So maybe education needs to be better. One of the best thoughts that I read about this Mm-hmm. is some some from paradigm he had an article about external calls right i think it was the dangerous surprising code something like that i'm not mm-hmm. I'm just trying to you know remember from my mind but people are like treating are assuming i'm not I, okay i don't want to generalize but a lot of people like relate external calls only with reentrancing right yeah the thing is that any kind of external call any kind of external call mm-hmm. can you know do a lot of a lot of stuff that you're probably not even aware of let's say it's an external call to a protocol which has an external call to another protocol you just don't know what's going to happen there so yeah yeah i think treating external calls should i mean you know Rentrancy should be, I think that's the, 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 the takeaway from his article, but he's like, yeah, we should uh, treat any kind of external cost like as a possible. Yeah, as a, like a attack vector yeah. or surface. Yeah. 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 Um, surface, exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder if you, let's say you had a magic wand, right? And you could bring any tool to existence, bring any tool to life that would help you basically assist you in auditing. What do you think you would create or yeah, bring? Okay, I, I have a very, very good answer. So I've spent a lot of time into diagramming, right? Because I mm-hmm. think that's gonna that's gonna help. But there are two things. I I'm I'm shit at you know drawing stuff. Okay. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't understand it when when it gets you know complicated. Yeah, yeah. So then I you know I tried Mermaid JS. I tried Excalibur. I, I tried Draw Draw.io. Tried everything. Then I, then I set out for another software called Structurizer, you know, another domain specific language, just send you the link in Discord. Yep. And then I don't know, do you know Pyrometer from uh, I do, yeah. Nastin? From Brock. So, yes. Okay. So, Pyrometer is great. I love it. But mm-hmm. I want, I mean, it's, it's, it's pain in the ass to use for a huge project. Oh, so, really? well, Tried for let's say a, a huge a huge contest. I think I mean it's 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 hard for me to read it to, to oh. visualize it. Okay, yeah. So the two that I I'd love if somebody built is basically pyrometer, but visualized as a graph like direct direct basically graph, where the only available part are the bounds you set. Right, okay. that's gonna be a cure, and I think you know. If somebody builds, he's gonna he's gonna assume you build it. You're gonna you're gonna net some very very nice findings. I think states and you know monitoring states is underestimated. Sure, yeah, yeah. State yeah. could be like something might not be vulnerable at a certain state, but you know, let's say someone sends tokens to it. Oh, now it's now it's vulnerable <laughs> or like beyond a certain threshold. But basically, what you're saying is. Something that can create diagrams, print them out so it's readable, um, and between some certain bounds. So, give us an example of that. So, like a certain pathway or flow. Yeah, for a, for a specific. Let's say, let's say, let's let's just use the example from Pyramider. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. send you the link in this card. Uh, it it's uh, okay. It looks like this, right? If that is visualized as a graph, because right now it's it's easy to comprehend it, but when okay. that when it's a way complicated, way more complicated function that just gets kind of hard to to deal with. At least for me, I mean, I'm just getting yeah. overwhelmed. So, so if just, that's a graph, yeah, just to like give yeah. a, a like an audio representation of this, it's basically so you have a function and you have some conditionals, some require statements. Um, and basically there's an upper and lower bound. So let's say you have variable X, which is an input. Um, and then the require statement is X is X must be below, let's say like 10. So then you have this possible, all these possibilities from the maximum number all the way down to, okay, it can be zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or basically that's yeah basically that if it's below 10 um so yeah. that's what parameter shows you it's these bounds slash ranges for variables um kind of like a intermediate representation um kind of thing and to continue on this 
is kind of hard to read because when you have a bunch of these on every single line, it kind of overflows the page and it's super hard to read is kind of what you're getting at. Um, and your alternative would be? Well, the alternative would be a graph. That's, 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 I mean. Okay, so like a DAG. Uh, exactly a graph. Yeah, exactly like a DAG. Exactly like that. Okay. So, so the graph is like, uh, you know. Yeah, instead of connected. like lines. Yeah, yeah instead of, yeah. instead of like actual code lines, you would be able to see like, a and B equals C, and it's kind of like a node exactly. for A, a node for B, a node for C, and then yeah. lines yeah. going up to C. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Exactly. So if someone does that, there you go. There's some free IP. <laughs> yeah. Um, sweet. And what have you ever like wondered of getting into something like automated analysis, or are you just want to stick with manual? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. I would. I would get. Definitely, I would get, but like I'm, I'm trying to, you know, build my skills one step at a time. Right. Uh, so you're trying to master so, what you're doing now. Yeah. Cool. Um, and let's say, like, someone's trying to start out. Uh, like, what should they really be targeting? Um, let's say they go into a, a C4 contest or something like that, and they're trying to find a bug, but the, all they're focusing on is like, okay, how do I exploit this? Um, should they be f- focusing on that or should they be going more for like the informationals or the lows? I, I, I've never went for informationals or woes. Uh, okay. So, you know, t- take my opinion with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I think it's, it's especially, it, it depends on your uh, previous experience, right? For yeah. example, as far as I know, Trust had uh, plenty of cybersecurity experience with uh, iOS. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, what, that, you know, it's that's 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 completely different if you are uh, you know that kind of you know adversarial mindset and then you are uh, you know somebody mm-hmm. who's you know just starting overall you know programming. So right. uh, I think it's 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 wrong to start and like expect a lot of stuff because at least for me that's going to be overwhelming. So yeah, let's just generalize all the all the things that I'm going to say. It's like they apply to me, may not apply to somebody else, but yeah. yeah. Like that's how I do stuff. So just keep it chill. Uh, you know, limit your yourself to a limited amount of like let's say goals or or tasks a day, so you don't get overwhelmed. You know, find what works for you. Like maybe you're gonna be better with you know reading the docs first or after. I think the biggest alpha is like in in keeping out variables that can be tweaked from different places or different contracts. Okay, so like and, uh, user input yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, yeah, it's user input, but let's say you have a storage variable. I had, I had, I had one, one contract where uh, you, could, you could pass the storage variable mm-hmm. um, and then it could be manipulated into, let's say, two, two different libraries. Like libraries are not contracts, they are, they're not state, right? Yeah. But it's manipulated in different places. So you just have to figure out where and under what conditions it can be manipulated. Who, who's going to be able to manipulate, let's say, for example, if it's an ERC-20, which functions can manipulate a total supply, like burn sure. and mint, right? So yeah. under what conditions that happens? Sure, yeah. I guess um, on top of that, like 
you you can with those set of like rules you just placed out you could really just build and like a a tool to sort of like follow these rules right um and i guess a lot of people do that with the bot races that were recently introduced to c4 i don't know if they're on other contest platforms but i guess what are your thoughts on on these bot races and what are they kind of missing that's not taking over you know the main the main pool uh so as far as i know some of the bots are built with regex and had okay. some conversations about regex so it seems what, like regex, regex can get you oh, pretty far gone so maybe i'm not saying it well but uh, regular expressions yeah okay That's right what i mean yeah i apologize i've always like yeah and then the other type of bots are built with like uh asts right Right. So I have a lot of experience with ASTs because I've built like plenty of tools uh, for JavaScript. I'm a, I'm a you know crazy for anything JavaScript. So I've built a lot of you know bubble uh, bubble mm-hmm. tools. So both bots just have pros and cons. I don't think that any of them can beat. Uh, a properly fed and curated LLM, right? Okay. So if somebody builds the LLM, I think that's that's when the show is gonna when it's gonna come. Until then, we're just gonna have because you know current bots they they and and just again I'm just guessing what they do is like mm-hmm. kind of pattern matching, look for some stuff here and there, you know, compare, see if it's like the same. At least what, that's what I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So it's built on the assumptions of the builder of the bot, right? Well, if you train a, a data model, it's going to be built on the assumptions of everybody. So yeah. that's that's the cure. That's the cure for everything. Um, yeah, I guess like in order to build a good bot, you've got to be a good auditor to begin with, right? Like you've got to know kind of what causes an exploit um and like the common patterns to find those things and if you're not like you can't audit normally then automating it would be quite difficult um but it would be interesting to talk talk to one of these uh these bot races um in the future which i have reached out hopefully will happen but yeah i guess what is kind of like on your radar to do next like what are you you're obviously doing private audits now but do you think you'll continue that for the rest of your life or what's kind of like, what are you aiming to do or learn in the next couple, you know, months, years? Yeah. So, um, I want to, I want to do more contests. So while, while, you know, private audits are, you know, very lucrative in terms of money, I'm probably going to refuse a few, a few deals here and there. And I've already done that several times because I want to, I want to just get, you know, a few first places in, in contests just because that's the, uh, for me, the best measure. Yeah. 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 I mean, the best measure I'm doing well, right? Yeah. yeah. I can't, I I just want to know for myself that I can do so well that I can just, you know, top a few a few a few contests next i mean it's i've never audited in a team so uh i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna invite some folks to you know i'm gonna split my uh, private audit fee with them right so yeah, I mean, yeah. my, my my quote 
So I just get to audit with somebody. Uh, so, you know, I just do it in a team. I, I literally don't care if we're going to split like 5K each or 3K or 4K each. Yeah. I, I'd rather do it in a team and just, you know, see how it goes because, you know, that's uh, at least for now the only way for me to do that. And, you know, I, I, I don't have plans actually. I'm just uh, trying to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying myself. I enjoy, I legitimately enjoy what I do. I'm, I'm looking forward to ETHCC in Paris in July to meet a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's it. No plans. I mean, just do, do what I feel curious about each day. That's I think the most interesting mm-hmm. thing about that job. Yeah, for sure. Just, Basically, find a passion and go for it. I guess even finding the passion is is the hard thing. But once you do, you basically just got to like, you know, just go hard at it, right? And then yeah. that will take you down a rabbit hole where you might find another another passion. I mean, yeah. that's what happened for me. Like I went down, I think, Solidity, which was amazing at the time. And then I got kind of bored. And then I tried like, NF- like got into like protocol development. And then I did like an AMM, then NFTs. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really bored at protocols. And then I just did some freelancing, met some people and got into MEV. And I was like, wow, a whole new world. And that's what kind of got me into backend. And then after that, I learned basically Huff, which is like reading and writing bytecode. And then through that is how I discovered formal verification. So it's really just like a rabbit hole of interests and pursuing them to, I guess, as much mastery as you can. And then on that path, you meet people and learn new things that could basically direct you in a new pathway. Um, And I think that's kind of like really life as well, like meeting people, discovering what they do, then getting interested. Yeah, I feel feel like that's a key thing. I think with auditing, it's even more, you know, significant because you're reviewing all these code bases so you must have like a really good understanding of a variety of different protocols and how they function um kind of like a research oh yeah you're, you're basically a researcher and an, and an auditor yeah combination the best combination for uh for a person who's i mean obviously that's not a job for a person who's like you know i want to learn react and set up for that yeah yeah two or three years I, I actually yeah. appreciate that you brought up, uh, you know, trying different stuff, you know, doing different stuff. I for sure don't see myself like doing audits my, my, my whole life. I'm just not, not like that. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm probably going to find something more interesting or something just that's, you know, going to spew over from, from audit something like maybe I could get into building a protocol. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I really a wine with what I said, like, you know, doing one thing opens the door for like many other things and you can get interested in each one of them and what makes you special and, uh, you know, and different is being that you are, uh, you know, you, you've been through all of this. And I'm just, I'm just not a person who's, uh, you know, going to specialize in one thing for his whole life. I've, you know, just for a bit of context, uh, when I started, I did like a, a mini startup where I'm here in, uh, you know, where I live in. I was yeah. like, I was building e-commerce stores. I was like literally wa- walking around and, and offering like random businesses, uh, you know, do you want me to be a store? And I oh. got into, uh, yeah, absolutely. Lucky. I mean, exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 18. I was 18. So uh, 
Then I got into backend. I was, you know, working with C Sharp, Java, whatever. Then, you know, the JavaScript craze came in. You know, I, I switched completely. I was doing, just doing, you know, mostly front end. And by front end, I don't mean like CSS stuff. I was yeah, yeah. working on a lot of frameworks. Uh, you know, uh, I actually have contributions to React and Next.js too. So just oh, really? for the record. There you go. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I just do what I feel passionate about. And don't take me wrong, I feel passionate about management too. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it, like growing people, you know, mm-hmm. seeing how they progress with your help. That's yep. awesome. But all the politics, all the bureaucracy and fakeness, you know, in the higher echelons of management is not my taste. So Yeah, not desirable. And I guess that's a um, reason why you don't want to like start a like an auditing firm um, yeah. as well. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, I think this has been a wonderful talk. It's been amazing to have you on and talk about all these things. Um, hopefully you've had the same kind of experience. Um, yeah, it's been lovely having you on, man. Uh, absolutely amazing experience for me too. Thank you for, uh, you know, having me. And, uh, yeah. you know, and good luck. I, we'll I, I, I figured, <laughs> I figured from Twitter, you're, you're building something. So good luck for, good luck with that. I can't wait to see it. And yeah. We'll see in yeah. the, the next few months, hopefully, but it's, it's definitely like a massive grind. Um, but yeah, here we go. This has been okay. a pretty good interview and we'll see you on the next one, I guess. <laughs> see you right. the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>